Welcome to the All-Star Networking Podcast. It's the show where you hear from a new expert each week on how to build an all-star network, increase business sales, grow careers, find a job, or enrich your life. Let's get it started. From the Midtown Global Market in Minneapolis, here's your host, Kathy Paper. Welcome to the All-Star Networking Show. I'm Kathy Paper, here with, as I call my trusty producer, Matt Tell, the Executive Director of the Friends of the Midtown Global Market. I'm so excited for today's guest, Tyrone Miner. We were chatting before pushing the record button and so many different things we could talk about, Tyrone, and I'm so excited to have you here. So maybe just tell the listeners just a bit about you and um, you know, and if what you leave out, I'll add in uh, during the course of our conversation. So thanks for being here today. Yeah, thanks for having me, uh, CP and, and Matt. Uh, so my name is Tyrone Miner, and I am a proud product of the historic Rondo community. Um, so yeah, born and raised here in Minnesota. In my former life, I was a pretty decent athlete. Uh, you're being humble. <laughs> and, um, you know, currently I own and operate a fitness studio called the Fit Lab. Um, it's located in Falcon Heights. And I'm also an educator. Um, I will be starting my 23rd year in education in the Osseo School District later this month. Excellent. That's why I said I'm so glad we got you here to talk a little bit about networking and fitness and, you know, all of that. Amazing. So humble, humble for sure. So I'll decide when to pepper in all your accolades. Um, but we won't be having a foot race in the market. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> That's right. I appreciate that. So let's talk, let's talk a little bit about networking and, and maybe just start with the you know, why is networking or building relationships important to you? And do you do you even use the word networking? I do, but maybe not in the traditional sense. And let me start by saying that um, I'm a self-proclaimed introvert. And so I know usually the perception of networking is it's some formal event where you're going and you're um, meeting people, going out on a limb, just, you know, building relationships um, for me I I don't look at networking in that traditional way I actually think that um, it's great to utilize other areas let's say for example um, sporting events you know the unique thing about sporting events um, is that they can sort of unite a group of people or they can um, create some friendly rivalry so mm-hmm one of the places that I've found that I've had some success in the traditional sense of networking have been, um, you know, so my wife works for Target. Um, We have had opportunities to go to some games and meet some people and just, you know, putting, I've I've had to put myself in places where I'm not comfortable. Um, But I think that that space created opportunities for organic networking not forceful networking right so i for me i like for it to happen organically where i just you know meet people and we talk about um whatever it is um, our interests or in that case um the example i gave like a sporting event we can talk about how great or how bad our teams are um (laughs) and you know that just sort of starts a conversation and from there i think 
just with organic conversation, I feel like that's the best way to build those relationships. What is the hesitation about going to the events? Is it that it's meeting new people or is the introvert piece strong or feel like you have to be on? That's a good question. Um, I'm a person who likes uh, deeper, uh, more in-depth conversations. And typically, um, I feel like in most social settings where you don't know a lot of people, um, the conversations are usually pretty superficial. I'm just not much for small talk generally. I really like to, you know, obviously I like to talk sports or talk, you know, whatever the, the thing is of the day. But in general, I like deeper conversations. And so in the past, I used to be hesitant or reluctant to go to events where I didn't know a lot of people. But being a business owner, I understand that um, it's necessary in today's age, right? Um, it's part of um, exposing your brand and growing your brand. But yeah, there's also other a lot of other benefits that we'll probably talk about yeah. later no, on. Yeah, it's a great, a great answer. So thank you for sharing that because I know introvert or extrovert, we all approach the new situation with a little, nobody wants to do superficial conversations all day. Maybe not nobody. Some people like that. Yeah. But even you asked me sort of what my son's goals were for his fitness. Yep. And, you know, that's a pretty deep uh, relator type question. If you've ever done Strength Finder. I have. Which, I have. are you a relator? I actually have my five right here. I'm uh. prepared. So um, <laughs> learner, um, strategic, achiever, input, and deliberative. Ah. So those are my five. I actually, after having some conversations with Paul, he told me that you sort of encouraged him to do it. Yeah. And then, um, so it's almost like I'm the beneficiary of your expertise, even though it wasn't directly, it went to Paul and then Paul told me. I almost felt like, you know what? Most people know what their strengths are. And because those are the careers that they pursue or their hobbies, but after taking the, the, the string finder test, I made me do a little bit more self-analysis. And I said, I actually, yeah, it pretty accurately described me. I'm a big time learner. Yeah. I almost feel like every day I set a goal for myself to learn something. And I think that's also probably part of the reason I love to travel so much because I learn so much when I travel. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So. so, okay, there's my plug, Matt. If you haven't done the Strength Finder or any listeners have, oh, you have done it. Okay, we'll compare notes on strengths because to me, Strength Finder is the greatest way to learn what comes naturally to you because so often we take it for granted and you're like, oh, everybody must do that. And not everybody is as deliberative as you are or input. My husband has input, which it means, you know, you'll go deep in a subject and want to learn everything you can. Absolutely. Right? So Strength Finder, super interesting. You can buy the book online, take yep. the test online. And, and again, it's super easy. And to me, it was language that I could understand. Like, oh, I'm competitive. You know, that's one of my strengths. And I thought everybody was competitive. And it's like they're not in that same way. And so figuring out how do you use it. But, okay, back to networking. Yes. Um, Because if you're a learner, though, what could be interesting is to have a question that finds out something about the other person. Like, what are you reading? So that you take that 
sort of our superficial tendency when we connect. Um, you could ask people a question. Well, so I, I guess I'll get yeah, in. Go to the next one. When I think about networking, um, one of the, I don't know if I'd say it's a superpower, but strategies that I use, um, and this is whether it's um, a quote unquote networking event or just me meeting people, it's almost, I think of it like a tennis match. And I serve and hit the ball into their court. And I want people to, to talk about, I call them the GITs, G-I-T, gifts, interests, and talents. So I get people to talk about things that they are gifted at or interested in, their talents, because I'm generally interested in learning about that person. But I also feel like that makes just the conversations flow better and just it creates a, an environment for organic networking and, and the building of a relationship. And okay, so take the, because I love the gifts idea, but then take the tennis analogy. So you get to know them and then presumably they ask you questions about you or how does, how does the ball go back and forth? <laughs> so, that, that's a, so when I hit the ball into their court and they get to um, reveal a little bit about themselves or what they're interested in, whether or not the ball comes back to my court tells me a little bit about that person and how I might have to approach building our relationship. So for example, if you were using that analogy, if you were to hit the ball in my court, I would tell you a little bit about me, but then I'll hit the ball back to you. And I find that, you know, some people get sort of lost and they maybe start hitting the ball on their racket and they don't bring it back. Yeah. Again, that, that tells me, and it's not to say that that's something negative about them. It just tells me sort of their makeup. Yes. Um, but yes, in an ideal world, they'd hit the ball back and I'd tell them a little bit about me, especially because only through the building of trust in a relationship will I reveal more. So in the beginning, you know, I reveal what I feel necessary um, if it's a business meeting. Um, if it's um, we share common interests or whatnot. And then the greater the relationship or as it sorts, sorts of, as it evolves into um, whatever it's going to evolve into, then I reveal more and more about myself. And I don't know if part of that, Kathy, is just the way I was brought up. You know, I was brought up more, you know, with the idea of, you know, humility being humble, you don't have to gloat, even though ironically one of my heroes is Muhammad Ali, <laughs> right? <laughs> so there's an irony there. But so, for example, um, as I alluded to in the intro, you know, I was a pretty decent athlete. I was a multiple um, time state champion in high school and track and went on to get a full Division One scholarship and competed nationally for uh, the better part of about 12 years. And during that time, my talent sort of spoke for itself and the attention just naturally came. I mean, whether it was you know, newspaper articles or interviews. And so because of my makeup and because of that time, I didn't have to self-promote. And so for the longest time, I carried that mindset with me where I, I don't have to tell people about what I've done. You know, I'm confident in who I am. but. Let's just fast forward though, 35 plus years later, 
from when I first started getting attention for my athletic prowess. In today's day and age, you need to tell people about who you are and what you do in terms, of, and I'm thinking more in terms of your brand, mm -hmm. right? Um, if you want to see a certain level of growth, there should be some uh, brand recognition and people need to know about some of the great things you're doing. I even look back on um, when I first opened the first Fit Lab um, in 2013, we were doing some phenomenal things in the community. We were one, we were one of, if not the first um, fitness studio to combine the three components of fitness, nutrition, and mental health. We did so many great things in the community, but I didn't necessarily run and tell everybody about it. Right. When I look back, and, and for the listeners, I think it's a good idea to document the things that you do. It's, it's not necessarily bragging. Um, I think that's one of the things that can, you know, so say for example, um, I did broadcast or share a little bit more about what I was doing on social media. Well, you may catch the eye of someone that can help you grow you right. know, and amplify um, your message or whatever it is you're doing. Well, which is why what I'm going to say, too, is uh, you told a story to me where you had a race against somebody and you said, I'm going to be laying down yes. and I'm going to beat you. So a little bit of the Muhammad Ali, a little gaming, a little fun. Somebody that said that they were faster, right? Y and yes. Did, but you didn't show that video on your Instagram, did you? Nope. You have, but you have a different video of you running track in high school, or was that college? Um, so the video I po posted on IG, that was um, my college, or actually that was my high school, the state meet from my senior year. Yeah. And I actually put that on there. You know, there's a little bit of, okay, you know what, this was a, a good time for me in, in life in terms of just being an elite athlete. I put it on there to inspire people because going into that state meet, I was the state record holder in the yep. triple jump. And while I was running a, another event, um, I call him my, my rival, but he's a good friend now. His name was Leapin', Leapin Leonard. That nice. was his nickname, right? Um, he, Leapin' Leonard is listening. We're going to tell Leapin' Leonard to listen. Right. I'll make sure he um, gets a copy of this or he should definitely tune in. While I was running, I think it was the four by one, he broke my state record. So I was the state record holder for a week. And the long story short is I had one more jump left. And on that last jump, I jumped a foot further than he jumped. Now they, they claimed that it was wind dated, uh, meaning there was more wind that's allowable oh. for it to qualify as a legal performance. Um, so I, I won the state meet on the last jump of my senior year. That, and, and to this day, no native Minnesotan has jumped that far and no one has jumped that far at the state meet. So it was over 30 years ago. Wow. But anyways, I put the video. Not in any ways. Pause. We're calling <laughs> yeah. this a, like yeah. a hum, hum. This is, this is noteworthy. Yeah, so it's pretty cool. Yeah. And, but I put the video on there to just let people know that you know adversity is going to come about in everyone's life and i just had that belief in myself that i could still 
win. I could still put it off. I knew I couldn't control the outcome, but I could control my mindset and my effort. And my mindset and effort said that I could still win this. Um, needless to say, I ended up the state champ. And um, yeah, it was, a, it was a proud moment for me. But like I said, more than anything, when I put fitness videos up um, or videos, so I have kind of two different um, areas. I have my own personal brand, which is Chisel Inc. I didn't mention that in the beginning. And that's my own brand. I work with elite athletes. I work with professionals. Um, on that site, I will put videos of myself doing the things that most people would think that people my age shouldn't be able to do. And, and it's intentional because I want to let people know that, you no, know, you can continue to grow and evolve and perform at a high level. It may look a little bit different because father time is undefeated. But I can proudly <laughs> say, right, that even as an educator, 23 years in, I can do things that physically that my students can't do. And I'm in better shape than almost all of them. That sort of makes me, they might call me a role model, but I would say real model. Oh, I, I like that term. Right. I, that means I'm not without flaws, but I do strive to... Um, get the best out of people I want to help people become the best version of themselves and I think I'm able to do that in both of my professions both as an educator and um, as a fitness studio owner and trainer that's great so okay there's so much there to unpack and uh, you always inspire me to up my fitness game so I like the real model but the piece about the personal brand and networking mm -hmm. is I want to talk about that because, you know, we have had two, what did we say, two, two plus years for the pandemic yep. and building relationships has changed so much. Um, when you work on your personal brand or put things out there, was it challenging to get started doing that for people that are trying to figure out how do I build a connection online or how do I tell somebody what I'm good at? Do you have any advice for people of how they get over that hurdle of, of putting an article that they've written or sharing, my daughter calls it a humble brag? Yeah, I mean, we're all so uniquely gifted and talented. I, I don't think we give ourselves enough credit for the talent that we have. When I see like, let's say an, an artist, um, a graphic artist, I'm so amazed at their ability to, I mean, because I'm really stick figures, like just <laughs> terrible, right? In, in that aspect. And I'll, I'll know people that have tremendous um, talent in that area and they just take it for granted. Oh, this is kind of what I do and I doodle and they don't share that with the world. And my advice would be, whatever you're gifted at share that with the world because in, if you think about it it's almost um, selfish if you don't share that gift you may inspire someone else you could actually that could be a side hustle it could be your primary career but because we're all uniquely gifted in certain areas I almost feel like it's our obligation to share that gift because we all have different gifts. If we all had the same gifts, right, maybe it wouldn't matter so much as much. But because we all have our own unique gifts, I think it's almost like a, a gumbo or a stew or, you know, jambalaya. 
it's not just good with one ingredient, right? We need all of those ingredients to make it what it is. And I think the same in terms of we need all of our gifts to be shared with the world to make it the best possible place it can be. Yeah, right. So speaking of jambalaya, in your analogy, I would say one of the things that's unique about sitting here in Midtown Global Market is it's very diverse. Yes. Um, 30 entrepreneurs under this roof um, here in South Minneapolis and um, all bringing sort of their gifts or culture or experiences. Um, you might have to meet the new gentleman that runs Slice Pizza okay. because they are they went to St. Paul Central. One of them played basketball at St. Paul Central. So they, they, he, yeah. he has to be an awesome guy then it, if, exactly, he's, if he's a St. Exactly. Paul Central grad. Yes. So, um, but bringing the gifts there. What what else would you do? You want to share with people about networking again? I think you've um, you know been so successful at building relationships around you and being a, a community leader and an inspiration for a lot of people. Thank you. Um, so I'll reference the, the African proverb that says, if you want to go fast, you go alone. If you want to go far, you go together. And I had to realize that um, actually, even before I entered education or opened up a fitness studio, I worked at a place called Job Corps and in a short period of time, I went from part-time to supervisor. And because I like to do things, like I know I can control my effort, my motivation, etc. cetera. Um, but because of that, I had a hard time delegating, right? So I would try to take on too much. And I just feel like with networking, you can, as I referenced that proverb, you can go much further if you utilize your gifts but also know okay these are areas that are not my strengths and so I look at it from a holistic perspective so let's just say one of my worlds which is the world of uh, fit health and fitness I mentioned earlier that a program that I created um, involved physical health mental health and nutrition I know when clients come to me, they need more than just to learn how to take care of their bodies and work out. They need to know um, that nutrition is a vital and very important component of the, in that um, journey to better health. I'm not a nutritionist. I, I can give people um, guidelines um, about how to eat, but I know that um, only a certified nutritionist or dietitian can give a person a specific plan. Um, and so I have um, nutrition specialists that I um, advise people to work with. And then all of us could benefit from some sort of um, mental health professional, right? Again, I'm not qualified to um, even though, you know, as a trainer and as an educator, right? <laughs> you hear a lot. I was going to say, I tell, I tell people that are that close to me a lot. <laughs> I, I, I think they, they have a whole file <laughs> on what I say. You, you, you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, I know there are levels to this. Yeah. There, and it's outside of my scope or area of expertise. So I have mental health specialists um, that I 
um, can refer someone to. And so it's almost like we're all part of a, a team of professionals that help people become the best, healthiest um, version of themselves that they can be. Um, and that's why with um, the program that I created, it was a fitness challenge. It incorporated mental health because we know at least prior to the pandemic and prior to the Olympics with Simone Biles and um, Naomi Osaka, there was the stigma um, around mental health and, and being weak and whatnot. And it's nothing could be further from the truth. It, that That is the ultimate sign of strength when you can acknowledge, okay, hey, I need some help in this yes. area, right? And so in the fitness challenge I designed, the mental health component was just part of the challenge. And so it, in other words, it was like it gave people the okay that, you know what, even if they had preconceived notions about mental health, oh, well, it's part of the program. And then after doing the challenge, they realize, you know what? No, there are some benefits to be gained for everybody. So anyways. No, no, not in any ways. I think it's, you know, and I've done a couple of your exercises and they were very powerful to seeing the connections as well as, you know, we're, we're all works in progress. And uh, I love the African proverb because, you know, we need community now more than ever. Yes. And um, I've been, you know, visited your gym and and you build community, you know, there with, you know, individuals or group programs or whatever. And for me, at least team sports, that was where I got a lot of community. Absolutely. And let me say, um, Kathy, that I think it's so awesome that you decided to host your podcast here um i mean so let me give you your flowers during this (laughs) podcast because not very many people would have made that decision and it was a conscious decision because of the diversity of this place and and also there are a lot of entrepreneurs here their livelihoods depend on this and so any attention that you can bring to this space i think um is obviously much appreciated by you know the business owners but i think can help um you know break down barriers you know when you get people in the same space and you start breaking bread and experiencing different cultures again that's why i love travel traveling so much because it just opens up my world um i like to say that athletics for me um was a passport to a better life it opened up my world um it allowed me to to start traveling and meeting new people and and I guess I feel like with traveling that's a form of networking I've met people in some different parts of the world that I'm I mean I'm talking 10 12 years ago that I'm still in contact with today oh I think it, uh, traveling is great way to you know to me networking is connection connection yes. and Matt and I you know we've talked about how do you network with purpose how do you connect with purpose you know, you talk to different people, you learn what they're about at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. You know, we're all people trying to make our mark or share our gifts, help other people. I'm getting kind of deep. <laughs> I, <and laughs> Usually I like I'm it. not so deep. <laughs> yeah. I, sorry to thir- no, throw no, you no, a curveball, but hopefully we'll, yeah. you'll connect with maybe a different part of your, your growing audience. Yeah. No, I like that you said, too, athletics are a passport um, to places because I think being a 
business owner or a giver to other people to to help people you know we all need customers of one form whether you work inside an organization you know you have customers internal customers and building relationships and friends and I so I do have a son an adult son and he's actually a father and uh, and I mentioned a couple times that I'm an educator and I don't think especially the younger we are um, I don't think we realize how important our immediate social network is, right? Um, you know, there are people that have said you're an average of the five people you spend the most time with, and that can basically impact the trajectory of your life. And so I'm thinking about not just networking in the sense of meeting new people, but also making sure that, like Paulo Colo says in uh, The Alchemist, surrounding yourself with people who believe in your dreams, right? When I'm networking in the traditional sense or actually building my network and thanks to, again, this is a shout out to uh, Kathy, I have my top 25. In that top 25, I'm proud to say there are a diverse group of people. So I like to include people in that top 25 that have different talents, interests, but they're also positive people and they're people that I can see myself moving forward with. And so for me, I like to have organic, deeper relationships, not just superficial. I feel like you you can get so much more out of a network if, let's just say, for example, you talk to somebody and you don't want anything or you just send them a text or you make a comment on their social media just to let them know that you're thinking about them or you share some information with them. Um, so yeah, I, I'm definitely big into um, making sure that I keep people in my immediate circle that are positive, supportive, and, and they're ambitious. As I got older, I realized two things. Number one, those physical gifts are gonna leave you. <laughs> But secondly, well, you, like you said, father time is undefeated. <laughs> undefeated. I like that. Right? I'm still holding up to win in the 55s for tennis. <laughs> right. But at the same time, as we talked about earlier, everybody has different unique gifts and talents. And so I like to now um, amplify everybody's talents. Great. Oh, and you know, with the kids, because what you said of the top 25, I think when you're a kid, you don't think about that your parents' friends are your parents' friends for a reason. They're good people, they care about you, they've seen you since you were in diapers in many cases. You'd do anything to help them be successful, mm -hmm. right? So part of my challenge with kids in their 20s is how do I teach them that start now to surround yourself with great people and to be both a giver and a receiver. Trying to get people to learn that when you're in somebody's top 25, you're, you're staying there because it's mutual. The feeling is mutual. People want to see you succeed. And how do we open up circles so that everybody gets those opportunities too? And I think a lot of kids uh, maybe don't see it or parents don't realize it's okay to, you want to ask somebody. If you're looking for a job at, you know, say Target, and they know you, it's okay to say, oh, would your wife know somebody that maybe I could get an internship at Target? That has happened. Yes. We, that has happened. And and they still have to prove themselves, but they well, get the door open. Absolutely. So. Absolutely. LinkedIn makes 
people think that you have to have 500 plus relationships. People think, oh, to be a networker, I have to know everybody. I have to go into that room and connect with everyone. And to me, it's about getting that top 25 and your um, you know, all-star 100. Who are those people? The top 25 are the ones that you can really count on, that you can really, um, you help them, they help you. I liken it sometimes to people that I know, if I were to ever need something, would they be there for me? And then the, the all-star 100 is just a broader list of people where I show up. So for example, I'm invited to an event next week, you know, after work, I have to drive somewhere. I'm not really, you know, fired up about it. It's the end of summer, blah, blah, blah. But this person's in my 100, I'm showing up. Because they invited me, I wanna see what they're doing. They're trying something different with a whole new panel. They're supporting internship programs, you know. That's what your all-star 100 is. So it's getting really clear. Yeah, yeah. So that, again, that superficiality that sort of starts at the beginning, you know who are the people you can count on. When you're networking and you find a new contact and they do something for you or can be a benefit um, to you and for you, I know this is a networking show, but I talk a lot about health and fitness because what better way to be the best networker you can be or the best architect or whatever it is than to invest in your health. Health is wealth. You have to be healthy physically, mentally, and otherwise in order to do the other things you want to do in your life. I think it's a great thing because to me, the top 25, it starts with you. You're number one. So whatever Muhammad Ali would say, I'm the greatest, right? Yes, yes absolutely. <laughs> right? You have to believe in yourself. And I think fitness is a great way to get there. Really great information and always so awesome to see you. Well, thank you for your time and for everything. And everybody's going to, I'll put the link to Instagram so they can follow you and learn more about Fit Labs and to all those students, one of them's gonna beat you. In the next five years, I'm putting the challenge out. So any kid in Osseo, 50 bucks when they can beat you. They know that it's not gonna happen, but <laughs> I would love for them to try. And actually, if, if they invest that much into their health um, and fitness, I will gladly um, acknowledge them and, and I'd, I'd be proud. Okay, that'd be great. Thank you. Thanks, Thanks for your Captain. time. Thank you for listening to the All-Star Networking Podcast with Kathy Paper. To learn more about strategic networking and making impactful connections, visit rockpaperstar.com. Please join us in supporting the Midtown Global Market as a vital community resource that supports small business, cultural diversity, and free or low-cost programming. Reach us at friendsofglobalmarket.org.